Hi, I'm Tam McManus, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we are back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. And I'm Scott Young. Yes, four of us back. We're having a rotating series of guests, so it's a case of like tuning. Let's see who you get this week. But there's so much to, to cover in this week's show. We've got an East 5 win that a lot of you may have forgotten about. We've got new signings that a lot of you may have forgotten about. And we've got uh, another game, a league game on Saturday that we'll get into. I mean, I've got to start off by, by saying, Lee, what time is it? It's five past East 5, mate. It is. That's my big commentary <laughs> thing that I love to do here, because thankfully I commentate on teams that rack the score up, so I get to do this a lot. And... Is it, is it worrying it. that is it worrying that my first thought was it's Chico time? Oh, <laughs> well, my nickname at East Five was Chico for a spell. Yeah. So it is Chico time. That. Yeah, it is less, Chico less, time. Less said about that, the better. So but we'll thankfully, get... thankfully though, as a Manchester United fan, I got to text that to a friend. I actually stole your banter yesterday and texted a, a colleague of mine that's a Leeds fan and said. James, do you know what time it is? Ah. It's precisely like five minutes past four. And he's like, uh, five past four? I said, no, that's five past Leeds, mate. Still no reply. Still no reply. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's because of the banter or the scoreline, but I think the move. Pot and kettle, mate. Pot and kettle. It, it was only 2-0 uh, at that point. So <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to go five. Well, we've got a lot we're going to cover on this show, but before we get into any of that, let's have a word from this episode's sponsor. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and also to this week's sponsor, which is Jamie, Bro- uh, sorry, Jamie Rob Bricklayer. All small works uh, considered, including small extensions, foundations, walls, steps, patios, chip laying, stone pointing, repair work, fencing, exterior painting, plus more. So give Jamie a call for any of your brick laying needs in the Fife area on 07394452579. Excellent. Definitely give him a call. I think East Fife were bricking it at times yesterday up at Cove Rangers. And like Lee, you went to Balmoral yesterday. Yes, I did. How was Prince Andrew, your good mate? 
<laughs> I wasn't quite sure where you were going with that, but I immediately regretted it. But I'll be honest, <laughs> I was another egg on this and what I wanted yesterday. <laughs> Honestly. Probably uh, cost me as much as it's about to cost him as well. No speeding fines this time? Well, you, you get up to seven days to to get it back, don't you? Ah. So I'll let you know about the show this time next week. All right, well, we'll, we'll find out soon. Well, we're going to cover that later in the show. We're going to start with some highs because East Fife won a game. First win of the season, Tuesday night in SPFL Trust Cup or something, if I'm getting that right. I watched the highlights last night because I actually had forgotten all about the game. And then I went on East 5 TV trying to get the Cove Rangers highlights. And I was like, oh, yeah, there was a game on Tuesday. Any of you guys go to it? Nope. I was there. Oh, good. We'll, we'll talk to Scott then. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a 1-0 win. And they scored early. kind of made a bit of hard work of it. And I know this is like the B team of a, a premier side, but... It looked a very young team, looked a little bit of a struggle in the end, but I mean, ultimately, we're through. What, what did you make of that match, Scott? Um, I'd actually forgotten about it as well. Um, <laughs> it was it was fairly standard. It was a, a one-sided 1-0, like, if you get such a thing. Mm. Uh, our kids look better than their kids, and obviously the experienced players that were in there were way better than what their kids could do anything. There were a few of the St. Johnson guys were saying that some of the kids were on the bench. I don't know if they played against Galatasaray. So oh. I'd have to double check that. I, that was only, I totally forgot about the game, so I didn't even write down a single note for it. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to start in a high. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a good game. It was solid. Like, easy 1 0, I'd say. Like, I don't, I can't even remember a single chance they had. So. Yeah, the highlights didn't really show anything. It seems like a comfortable night at the office. What was the crowd like for it? Um, pretty enough. I, would, um, I don't know. Maybe, I couldn't even guess, 100, 200. Like, wasn't great at all from what I could see, but I didn't look over their side to the St. Johnson folks, so I couldn't guess on that. Is this the new Tunics? Cup. Yeah, yeah, right. It is. It's just got another new name. It's really hard for me to keep track of this all the time because it's like every single season seems to have a different name. All right. Well, we're we're through to the next round, so that that's a positive. And yet the week kind of, well, it it went a little bit downhill. But there was there was a bit of other good news that we'll, we'll talk about before we get into Saturday's match. We've got two new signings. We've got another Higgins, centre back from Cove Rangers. They obviously thought, yeah, we don't we don't need him. Let's give him to East Fife. Maybe they were trying to sabotage us, but it turns out they didn't need to. We we did that our, ourselves on Saturday. Daniel Higgins, um, 22-year-old midfielder or forward, depending on what you read him as. Andrew Osei Bonsu, joining from St. Ives, that powerhouse from Cornwall. Um, anyone got any intel on any of them? Um, I, I actually knew Andrew's brother Brian Osu Bonsu. Uh, I, I didn't. Uh, I actually. Did the, <laughs> I was believing you, hook line and sinker there. <laughs> I, I did the really sad thing, and I watched. You know how they get these YouTube highlight reels, which yeah. is obviously only going to show them doing decent things. <laughs> yeah. And basically, he looks like he could play for Barcelona. So we've got we've got a gem. 
Yeah, Wonderful. on YouTube, Cyrus Musavi looked like Messi, as you quite likely pointed out. So I don't <laughs> yeah. think we could quite use that. I think yeah, we've said think... before, anyone can get made in a highlights video. All of us, we could just film us for a whole day and get about a minute or two minutes worth of decent stuff. It just reminds <laughs> me of that Joey Barton quote on Neymar that like, obviously gets brought up on Twitter and anytime that Neymar has a good day. It's like Neymar, brilliant on the old YouTube, cat piss in reality. Then obviously anytime <laughs> Neymar has an absolute blinder, that just gets brought up and brought up and brought up. He's a good judge of character though, Joey Barton. It's like... I think I, I think Higgins is a good signing um, in terms of he would, as Saturday showed, we desperately needed a centre-half just to... And a right back. Just to provide a wee bit of competition. And... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that later. Yeah. Um, just to provide a bit of competition. And I think as it stands, he could probably do with replacing his namesake, to be honest. He's had a stinking start to the season. But mm. um, yeah, just nice to get another centre-half who's played some football in his career and isn't just a complete novice that, that some of them can be. So uh, yeah, I think that's a great signing. And we'll just see with the other guy, to be honest. He looks... Like he could be a sort of driving force in midfield, which we again massively need uh, after Saturday's showing. Um, so no, I think it's two on paper decent signings. I mean, we definitely need to strengthen the team. I mean, Scott, you're bound to have all the intel on Osei Bonsu. Yeah, I've been to see him a few times, and I can tell you absolutely nothing because I've <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched the same videos, Duke. I think it was maybe Duke that sent me it. And... <laughs> I'd say I'm very excited for him, but but who knows? Like he could be utter shit, or he could be world class, and we've we've got him till January. Who knows? So Lee, I'm pitching a chant for you to get going at Bayview for this guy. We had a guy here at the Whitecaps back in the day called Randy Edwini Bonsu, so obviously very similar. So just nicking that chant, it would be Oh say Bonsu, na 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 na. Oh, say, Bonsu! Na, 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 na! Bound to catch on. We loved that. He wasn't very good, but still. simple, hello, hello, we are the Bonsu boys. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. AOB, he seems to like to go under. But to me, I think of Andy O'Brien, the former... Any other business. Or any other business, yeah. (laughs) Hopefully he doesn't have any other business that takes him away... From East Fife, because we've had a we've had enough of folk having other business that's moving them away from East Fife. Lee's still not recovered. No, no, thank you. A- anytime I hear AOB, I just think about that um, the the drive on Talksports that any other business on drive because that's basically what I get literally on my drive home from work all the time. But look, it, I, I really hope that that it turns into the, the player that we desperately, desperately need. But unfortunately, I don't think he can play left back, right back, centre mid, left mid, right mid, and forward. So mm. we'll just have to hope that whatever position he is actually going to play for us, that he plays out well. Yeah, got to hope for that. So that that's the highs from the week. I think we've covered that. That was a whole three to five minutes worth. The remaining four hours of this episode is going to be... <laughs> Doom and gloom, I'm, I'm pretty sure. No, but we'll, we'll try and keep up beat as, as best as we can because it's going to be a long season, it feels, and I think we need to just take a step back initially. It's easy to just jump in all guns blazing after how things played out on Saturday. I mean, we've got to be honest, I watched the highlights and Cove Rangers looked like world beaters, but I think we kind of made them that way. 
Now, after the match, I watched Paul Hartley's interview, and he said he felt that East Fife made Cove work really hard for their five goals, and that Cove didn't make us work hard at all for our two goals. They came far too easy. I didn't see that from the highlights, Lee. Is that how it played out for you at the game? I put out on the, the Twitter channel, and to be honest, I, I found it very, very difficult to maintain my sunny disposition in the last few weeks. You know, I do like to try and be pretty positive, but there was absolutely fuck all to be positive about yesterday. We were absolutely tasted by a superior team. Um, teams have figured out how to, to play against us, and that's to play expansive football hit the channels because we play so narrow, get the ball out wide, attack our, our full-backs who have been absolutely rotten. Um, and to be honest with you, that, that was as bad a defeat as I've seen since probably the Willie H. Sundays. Um, I felt like we really offered nothing. There was no grit. There was no desire. There was there was, there was nothing. Um, the, the two goal, the penalty we got, if that's given against us, I'm livid. I thought it was very, very soft. Mm. Um, I'll take it. You obviously uh, getting the penalty, you take it, but that's given against us, and, and I think that that's that's a really soft penalty to lose. It's just sort of Dan and Tony would have been moaning that we lost last year. So you know you've got to concede them when they, they come the other way. Um, the goal that we got, I thought that um, Connell worked really, really well to to get it. Well played by Dunsey, good drive forward. And I cut in. Apart from that, we, we showed nothing yesterday. Absolutely nothing. We'll come to that second goal in a sec. The Cove commentators thought the ball had gone out and it's kind of it looks really close. But I mean, Scott, you, you went up to, to the game as well. Was it worth the day out? Did you at least get a nice fish supper on the way home or something? Um, yeah, it was worth it for seeing seven goals, to be fair. Value Two for money? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I can't really add too much about it. Like, we, that's why we we've clearly got in the show. Yeah, we clearly missed Davidson, big time. Like him running about in the middle, breaking everything up. Like we missed that so much. Um, I'm sure, defensive wise, like Dan will be pulling his hair out with how poor they were. Like the marking from the crosses, as Lee said, when they were going down every single time down the wing. Yeah, and the marking of the process was horrendous. Like he would definitely, like, I I was going mental. He was going like everyone was going mental at them not picking up folk in the middle. It was like header after header coming in, and nobody was picking up a player. It was just mental. This is the thing that that's pissing me off. Is this is things that when I said it yesterday on on social media. It was men against boys. That that's literally. The only way I could describe it, men against boys, like literally steamrolled in pretty much all aspects of performing yesterday. But, I mean, it pains me to say it, but, but Chris Higgins looked a mile off the pace um, and not his very organised self. And I don't know, Scott, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. It's one that I had written down. The difference in the communication on the park between Cove Rangers and East Fife yesterday was marked. Absolutely marked. All I heard, all I heard was the Cove players like that, like the entire game, mid going, Shea Logan going, ah, yeah, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. None of that from our players. When we lost the ball, it's hands in the air, oh, for fuck's sake. Cove players was like, get back in, get back in, get back in. And there's, 
I'm going to go as far as saying there's not a single leader on that pitch. Chris Higgins is somebody that I thought was going to be that sort of player, but watching that yesterday, it was almost incommunicado. Till Kevin came on. Till Kevin came on. Yeah, I'll second that. The game was gone by then. I mean, Doug, I know you've got lots of copious notes. Before you get to yours, just touching on what Scott said there, something else that Hartley said in his interview after the game was our game plan was to use our full backs to create weight width and get the balls in. And that worked to absolute perfection because it, we had no answer for it out wide. But I mean, what, what did you make of it? Uh, we, we never do have an answer to out wide. It's been our problem for a long, long, long time. Um, I mean, for a start, they've got two very, very good fullbacks uh, who are very good going forward. Shea Logan, obviously, we know has been playing at a much, much better level. But it's like Lee said, it's too obvious. Everyone knows, everybody knows that, how to attack his five is get down the wings. And I thought Mercer, especially the first half, was awful at getting out mm. to their left back. I mean, I, I, I was laughing at how many crosses that left back put in with no nobody even attempting to get close to him. It's almost like they were saying, look, don't worry about getting them crossing in. We'll deal with it and then we'll be able to attack from there or whatever. But everything about that display, especially in the first half, I mean, I kind of I was laughing with it because that was the first game I've seen this season because I've obviously been away working and whatnot. And I couldn't believe how bad it was. And like Lee says about the leadership, you actually look at that team. Newton McManus, I don't think we'll ever speak. Liam Watt looks quite a quiet guy. Danny Denham's awful. Connell Semple are new and, you know, not uh, nobody really knows much about them. Slattery is quite a, seems quite a quiet guy. There's just nobody there that's going to get a hold of the game. I mean, fullback-wise, terrible. My biggest issue was centre midfield. It was one of the worst central midfield performances I've ever seen from East Fife. As in, and I wrote this down, and I'm a big fan of Liam Newton. The first time, genuinely, that the commentator mentioned his name at all was when he got booked in the 63rd minute. It was the first time his name had even been mentioned. I don't even, I, I'm not even sure he touched the ball before that. And you just, you cannot have a midfield of those two who've got no bite and all, you know, probably just sort of slightly fancy footballers. You just can't get away with it. You'll get absolutely pummeled, and we, we did. It was as abject a performance I've seen in a long, long, long time. Bang on. We could probably end the podcast on that, in yeah. my opinion. Um, what, what can I just quickly say? What I won't take is I get that they get paid more than us. I get that they're better footballers, you know, and, and they can afford to buy better players than we've got. We've got we've had a brilliant record against full time teams for quite a long time now, so that's got bugger all to do with it. That was just awful, and I've I've not heard Darren's interview after the game, but I know it's not up he yet. He said something to the effect because it was it was toothless, just awful. I mean, the thing is, Lee, like going back to the leadership thing. Yeah, like we we've had it here in Vancouver because we've gone for a young team. We're one of the youngest in MLS, but with that comes the where are the leaders who. Like if you're putting in a 19-year-old in the midfield, he is he going to be brave enough to to speak up? Now some some guys are, but it's certainly I mean you touched on it there. It doesn't look like we've got anyone like that, so we need that experience in there. He's got fuck all to do with leadership, in my opinion. Right? Well, yeah, there's that too. Tony Adams was the, the, the captain of Arsenal by the time he was 21. So it's the nature nature of the person. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I can't take age into consideration, and and we've not got a young young team. We don't. There's there's boys in there with more than enough experience. You know, what I mean, um, I mean, I played amateur football, and I do more talking on the park than what came from our team yesterday. The fans on the side were doing more talking on the park. It was getting to the point where I was even shouting things like "man on time" because there's that wasn't coming. And we were, everything we did yesterday was so rushed. There was no composure in that team, particularly in that midfield. What do you put that down to then? It's just the nature of the, the guys? Too many similar, quiet guys? Um, I don't know. Um, I really don't know. All, all I know is it's, it's something needs to change in quick because and I'm hoping that this is where the appointment of Stevie Prell, I think, will bring maybe a bit of experience and try and solidify us more defensively. Um, but we need to make changes big time to our style of play because it's not attractive and it's not effective. And if you look, you've got to pick one. You pick attractive football and you go out and, you and you know, if you lose 3-2 or you lose 2-1 or you get a draw, but you, you played, you know, beautiful football, fans can almost accept it. When you're playing utter shite, Hoofball, no composure, no nothing, no fluidity, nothing. You're on a hiding to nothing. And all that's going to happen is this avalanche that's coming towards the, well, an avalanche of negativity that is going to hit um, Darren Young and, and the team is, is, is coming like a freight train. And yeah. it's going to get to the point, and like I, I've said this to Scott privately, it's going to get to the point where you can't defend indefensible. And yesterday was indefensible. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing, Scott, with, with what Lee was saying there, I, I kind of disagree. I, I'm fine if you grind out a 1-0 win and it's not pretty. It's, you've got, if you if you play like that, though, you've got to then get the wins. So if you're playing like that and it's not pretty and you're still not getting the points on the board, then, yeah, it's tough. But if you've got guys as well that's not leaders and they're, they're not fighting on the pitch, they're not speaking up on the pitch... Do they have the stomach for what is clearly going to be a relegation battle this season? Off, gone off yesterday, I, I would say no. However, I would definitely say like the wings were an issue yesterday. So we'll hope. I, I have no idea how long um, Murdoch's going to be, but he's clearly a very good uh, fullback. So having him back would be amazing. Um, on the other side, obviously, that'll put Mercer, as opposed to having Pat there, because um, Pat's not a left-back. Like, and neither's Mercer. I know, yeah. but Mercer's uh, at least a uh, full-back. Pat's the centre-mid. So, I, uh, I, I obviously wasn't on the show when we were talking about signing players. Mercer's had one good season in his career with us. The season after, he was stinking. He was stinking at Falkirk, and he was stinking yesterday. I'm not. He is definitely not a left back. I mean, he's he's a sort of decent going forward right back. He's not a good defender, and he's certainly not going to be a great left back. I just, you know, it's like you touched on last week, Lee. It's the, you know, square peg round holes thing, and we just keep doing it. I'd rather Slattery play left back than Mercer, and that's that's saying a lot. I've not seen Mercer to make a comment at that position. Um, that's a big shout. Um, I don't think that either of them are excellent defensively. Obviously, we know what Mercer can do. Can he do it? 
more regularly, but he got exposed badly against Queen's Park. He got exposed badly against Cove by teams that are attacking our fullbacks. Now, if you've got teams realising that and learned managers, you know, people like Paul Hartley, I'm not going to include Barry Ferguson or Bob Ellis in that. <laughs> um, people like Paul Hartley, obviously reviewing footage and going, all we need to do is spray the ball about, you know, attack their fullbacks and we'll get success. Now, I picked up on that last year and I made the comment over and over and over and over and over and the show to the point that I got sick of saying it. At what point... Now, I, I have defended Darren massively, time and time again. Um, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to struggle to defend them if we're going to keep letting the same mistakes happen, like the, the fullback situation. We've still not addressed it after seasons. Scott Scott Ingalls actually put a comment on our, our social media and he said that, you know, our defending and stuff has been stuff that's been happening for 15 years. That might be the case, but it doesn't make it any more acceptable to me. No. Um, if it's happening that long, then a lot of questions to get asked as to why has it never been addressed? I mean, I'm sure that I'd read somewhere that Darren had said that we had a championship defence last season. Um, now, the, the, the point that I, I would maybe like to make is next week, um, Scott Mercer doesn't get in my starting 11. I think we play Duns more mm-hmm. right back. Um, I think that Dunsey made a massive difference when he came on yesterday with his energy, his drive. I mean, we're guaranteed to get a booking or a penalty next week now, but um, you know, <laughs> he, he offered a little bit more going forward. Mercer had a good clip into the box for... Um, Danny Denham to head right at the keeper. Um, apart from that, I didn't see a lot from him yesterday and his performance was bad enough that it would be a drop for me. My, my biggest problem, sorry to jump in, my biggest problem with pretty much the whole game was he never tried to change it. Like, for me, you go, get your wingers on, even if you're having to play slightly defensively, get Denham and Watt to close down the fullbacks early. So you saw Shea Logan standing on the halfway line, just standing there in acres of space, acres of space. And if he gets a drive on you, you're in trouble. And we got done with one-twos like it was, you know, it was just so obvious. And then it's like, well, change it. Get get those wingers to get as tight as they can defensively to them to stop that being an option. And then you've got to rely on your two whole, your midfielders to get to sort of win that ball in the midfield battle. We just made it so easy for them. And it, it was after 20 minutes, you're like, right, we're in trouble because they're killing us down the wings. Done. And half-time, no, half-time, no subs, apart from the, the enforced change with the goalie. You know, and then it's like the token hour mark will bring on Smith for sample, but you're not solving the problem at all. So it's like you're almost going, oh, well, we've lost this game. We'll just, you know, give a couple of boys some minutes. It's... It's it's not it's not good enough, and that's from the management. It's not good enough. The formation was but changed. Never been flexible, Andy Goli. You think? Um, I was just saying, Doug was going to be upset because Quad B never got on. We'll come to Quad B. <laughs> but I, I I thought the formation was changed because I couldn't tell you what time it was, but it looked like what had gone into the center. Were, it was like it went weird. It was like a four, a four, two, one, three, one or something. It was really weird, like the way that they did it. I, I don't, I, 
I that's one. That's one too many players. One too many. Yeah. And goal, we still gave up five out. goals. <laughs> yeah, it was that, like that is a formation change. I like it. <laughs> it. It went weird, and what went in the middle? Sample just in front of him, Connell ahead, and then like Denham and someone else over there. It just it went weird, but it didn't work. So I think they went back. Like that was just from watching it because yeah, at the time I said to Ross, "That's like what on earth is that formation about?" Well, but that's the point. It, it didn't work, and, no. and nothing's working. And at what point did we go? This isn't working. And and that's not me saying that now. I'm asking this on behalf of a lot of pissed off fans. And, and when I ask for questions for the show, the question mm. that I've been asked to ask is, how long do we leave it before? Because right now, if 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 I'm looking at it, the panic button's in front of me, and my fingers here. And every display is getting closer and closer well, to pressing it. Can I, can I say um, one thing, right? Let's look at that just very quickly. Look at that starting 11. I reckon there's at least seven or eight of that team wouldn't get in another team uh, team in our league. I'm just pulling it back up here. Have a look at I'd be very surprised here. if you're Semple, Connell, Watt, Denham, McManus, Newton, Pat, ah, Dunlop maybe, and the goalie would Getting another team in this league. Again, Clyde. Fair shout. Maybe, maybe Clyde. But then maybe, that's maybe just another that. poor team. Do you know what I mean? We're not talking anyone yeah. above us. Or, well, I know everyone's above us, but <laughs> uh, that, that's my that's yeah. my worry. It was such a weak team. It was such a. There's no hard men there. There's no fighters. There's nothing. I mean, that's such. And the bench is weak. That, it's just we're missing players. There, there are players to come in definitely. Oh, but yeah. that that when I saw the lineup, I must say that you just thought, God, who's, you know, there just doesn't seem anything there at all. But Scott Mercer, you were talking about I, him. He made the SPFL Trust Trophy team of the round after his performance against the B team. I, I missed that. I've just seen that. I mean, I was scrolling through. Yeah. Um, I actually felt yesterday um, that Connell. I think he looks like he could be a player, but he's going to need somebody alongside him. I don't think that we'll be able to play Semple and Connell as our front two. Mm-hmm. I think that we're going to need somebody alongside him. Now, whether that's somebody that we bring in, but I don't know how much budget we've got left to bring anybody else in, or um, as Doug's rightly telling me, you know, he's quite wanting uh, quad B. Now, you'll be asking why we're calling Sean Brown quad B, and Doug and I have nicknamed, nicknamed him Big Bad Bomber Brown. So ah. you, you henceforth refer to it as Quad B on the show. Um, I felt like yesterday... Hashtag, hashtag Quad B. Hashtag, hashtag Quad B. Hashtag quad B. Uh, I felt yesterday that we probably could have done with bringing him on because their defence were just battering Semple and um, Connell. It really was crying out with somebody a bit physical. What I liked about Kev when he came on just brought a little bit of calm. Um, and taking that nice touch, bringing it down and trying to pass it out, whereas it was getting to Connell and Semple and the ball just wouldn't stick. I, I like how the guy that's been universally panned by a lot of our supporters is who we're holding up as our hope that could have come on yesterday. We're fucked. Yeah. Uh, I, I, said, I said as soon as he signed, he's got, he will definitely be my new favourite player. 
just he, he he's got the Stephen Tarditi cult status. Yeah, already in my eyes. Every you know, club someone needs who's a cult. Big, God, big, fairly pish, and might score you a few goals. But uh, yeah, I mean, literally, I know he has struggled, but like half time, I couldn't believe he never brought someone like that on. No, when you're struggling to fit, when you're struggling to get the ball in midfield and hold it and pass it. You maybe do have to go long, and that that's fine. That's how football works. You know, you, your pretty football doesn't always work, but you can't lump it to Conno and Semple. It's pointless. So they, at least they, get they showed enough rough sparks against Aloha, though. I think to show that they might have something, but they need a better supporting cast, and that that's our big issue. We don't have that just now. If you look at some of the other teams in the division, and you can put it down to money having some of these guys there, but it's, they've got difference makers. And if you look at East Fife just now, the whole squad, you're like, who is our difference maker? Like Mitch Meganson, hat-trick yesterday, you know he's what our a, difference maker. What a player, by the way. Some of like, those goals yesterday, like the, the finish he got for his first. Well, yeah. uh, there's a whole other thing as well. It's like, you know he's a dangerous player, so you give him acres of room on a couple of occasions. His hat-trick header, unmarked in the six-yard box to just rise and, and knock it in. Don't, because my blood pressure actually came down and they were, when I watched the highlights again. Oh, but that, his second goal was as good a goal you'll see at this level. Um, yeah. It really, really was. But I actually, although his second goal was good, I actually thought his first finish was beautiful. Yeah. It, it came back to him and he just kind of opens his foot at the right point to let the ball go into the side netting. Um, where he, you know, when he watched Danny Denham's attempt from six yards and genuinely almost landed back in my garden in Glenmorris, um, that, that's the difference. It's just quality throughout our team. Yeah. Now, it's going to shock no one when I say this, but we are really missing Ryan Wallace. Really missing. He he was way. a difference maker. He yeah. genuinely was a difference maker. Kev Smith, a few years ago, younger, could have been a difference maker. Now he's a guy that could maybe have an impact off the bench. But if you're bringing him on and you're a couple of goals down, he's not going to have that big an impact. So, I mean, Scott, do you see a difference maker in this squad? If it was me, I would break the strikers up. Because um, Semple and Connor, they're too samey. Like, I would put Kev and either Semple or Connell for the first half and they can bounce off each other. If that's fully not working, you've got Brown and whichever other one you didn't choose. The second half, if if not, you bring on another one and it's three of them, with Kev playing them off and whatnot, like I think Kev's massive to help the like the kind of guy like young guys need someone to push them along beside them. There's like they're not gonna be making the, the correct decisions the whole way through, I don't think. But having someone else with them can we stop suggesting that Anton Dowds is that answer? Because he's not. No. Anton Dowds isn't the right answer for that. A, a, a lovely guy, a decent player, but his wages would be high coming from full time. And he's not the, the, the person whose baskets we need to put our eggs in. I also think he's maybe taking a step anyway. back. Oh, is he? Uh I think he could have taken a step back during his time at Falkirk. Like Jack Hamilton last year was obviously the kind of difference maker that that you need. And you're hoping if you've got another guy coming in, I was going to say from a Premier team, I keep forgetting Kelly got relegated, 
that he's maybe going to be the guy. But do you see a difference maker anywhere in the squad, Doug? <sighs> I mean, yes, on their day. I mean, Kev Smith's a very classy footballer still. We just know we're not going to get ridiculous amounts of football at him. Swanson being out, it's a big blow. Yeah. Huge blow because, you know, if we'd known he was out, you would have tried to keep hold of Agnew still because at least he can get the foot on the ball and, you know, attempt to do something of note. Um, I think with the strikers, yeah, I mean, I think the, the remember Gary Naismith kind of did that where he just played two of them and then he put the other two on. Was that Naismith or was that Dan Young? I can't remember. Where Dan he seemed to start with two. Yeah. Anton and oh, then Kevin Tampo. Curry came on. Johnny Courts, there's a there's a bad footballer. <laughs> Um, Bring him back. I would I would stop watching his fife if he came back. Um <laughs> I might stop watching his fife anyway. I, 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 <laughs> I don't necessarily think we've got I don't think we've necessarily in that team we absolutely don't have a game changer or someone that can take it by the scruff of neck. That's the that's the real worry. But you know, simple things. Murdoch back's big because he's a presence and he's very good and you just know you're gonna get a solid performance every week. And then hopefully one of the new guys is a similar, you know, force or whatever. Because, I mean, if that's our team for the rest of the season, for example, we would be bottom by 10 points easily. That That is my worry, that we're going to get cut adrift really early. And I, I don't, I, I said we'd get no points from the first three games. I mean, we've got one. So to me, that's a positive in what I was thinking. But it's looking dire. But when you look at the rest of the table, you're, I mean, a couple of wins, you move back up. It's just where those couple of wins come from. Maybe we're going to be formidable at home again. We won't bother breaking down all all the goals. But I, I just want to quickly say for the first goal that Leach put away, shocking, obviously, from Mercer and the wing play, but they allowed that ball just to run past I don't know how many players across the face of the goal, not one person putting a foot on it. I mean, what kind of defending is that? No communication, golly. It's just like, oh, someone it's else a, will clear that it. Should, that should be a Higgins or a Dunlop, whatever, out, boom, that's away. Um, but again, it showed the frailties of Gallica, um, that anything coming into the box... We do not have to have. We do not have the confidence that he's going to come out and do anything. With. No, like he should have been out to smother it. that. You would think so, um, but then also that shown our squad frailties uh, when we had to bring on a seventeen-year-old when he picked up an injury. Yeah, and um, forty-three seconds that, later, we give a, a penalty away, so he doesn't even have time to find his feet. But I mean, I for, for anyone that doesn't know, Gallagher went off sick, ill. Not sure exactly what it was, but groin, groin. I there was a moment watching this in Johnston highlights that he went for a ball and seemed to like pull up, and I wondered if that had maybe pulled something then, and then he maybe pulled it during the game. Maybe that was why he wasn't comfortable coming out to smother that ball for the first goal. But if that's the case, he should not have been starting. Yeah. And, and that's another one that he also came out to try and collect across yesterday and dropped it. Um, I've I've no confidence in him at all. I think he's I think he's going to be a very good shot stopper, um, but anything else is 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 a worry. Uh, you don't have that confidence. Anything coming out that he's going to come out and collect. I, I actually I actually me. put at half time that I, the only person that I thought 
can be having even an okay game with possibly Gallagher just because he made quite a few saves. Um, uh, what I will say about is it Jay Smith? Anyone know his first name? The kid? Jude. Goalie? Jude. Well, I mean, no, no football team should have a player named Jude anyway. But I thought, in fairness, the first thing he had to do was deal with an absolute hospital back pass. From yes. Higgins. And he, he kind of clipped over the striker and passed out. I actually thought, and we'll come back to three two ones. I actually thought he did very, very well for a 17-year-old. He, he was There was nothing he could do about the goals. He made no. quite a few decent saves. Not, not great saves, but, you know, in the right place and positioning was decent. I thought I actually thought for seventeen, I, I was quite impressed with him actually. Um, yeah. There was a beauty from Meganson and then a free header, so he's not a lot he can do with those either. Yeah, and he's done a few one on ones as well, like mm. really well. Now, I mean, I, our goals, the penalty we touched on that, you'd be livid if that went against you. Kev's goal, I'd need to see other angles, which I don't think exist, but it looked like it could have gone out, but who cares at that point? But, I mean, that made it 4-2. And I I, I was awake by that time because of the horrible heat here. I wasn't sleeping, so I was following along on Twitter. And I was like, game on! And I was like, really? 10 minutes to go, 4-2 down, game on? That's a bit optimistic. Some of the Twitter shouts have been pretty hogging, to be honest. But you look at you look at almost the game management yesterday. I mean, we're we're all over the place, and we hang on. We lose a goal, then we have a very very good chance right before they score, like a really good chance from Denham. I, I don't, to be fair to him, I don't think he realised how much time he had. But again, that's a communication thing. I mean, he could have chested that down and passed it in the net. He had acres of space, and then you know, two minutes later, it's two 0 you get in at half time and it's like, right, this is the game plan. And then what, it was 40 seconds into the second half. Again, I don't know who it was that gave away the penalty, but he's jumping, his hands are way above us. I mean, it was a blatant penalty. Who was it? Against. I mean, it was even watching on TV, it was like, oh, well, that's a penalty before yeah. the ref had even given it. You can't do that. I mean, it's, it's so poor, so poor. And then simple thing 79 minutes, 4 2, right? You know, let's get him nervy. 80 minutes, 5 2. And that was from. Um, well, that was a free header, but the 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 thingy goal, Meganson, that was an absolute beauty, was from a horrendous punt from Higgins that went right into the middle of the park when we'd push boys forward, and they they had about five on three, and it was obviously it was a hell of a finish, but it was just, yeah, I mean, I wrote down for managers, that what a horrible giveaway it was from us. It was just like a waste. But that's where it's so difficult because. I know we keep saying how long do we give it before we start turning a wee bit on the management, but it's such terrible individual errors. But a lot of that stems from the choice of football we're playing. Like, you, I reckon as a manager, when you start seeing your team punt, you should be screaming at them not to do that, like at all. Do you know what I mean? It's like have have a bit of belief in yourself. Have a wee bit. I'd rather see us attempting to play football. I'm not talking about you know, the premiership out from the goalie to, you know, all that sort of stuff. But just have a wee bit of belief about how that you're decent at football. Because I I wrote at 26 minutes, my note was punt, 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 punt. So from 26 minutes to half time, I thought, I'm going to take a little tally of how many times we aimlessly punted <laughs> it. And I came up with 12 from the 26 minute to half time where we just wow. got the ball and it was just a punt. And people could say you're punting it into areas 
but you're not when you're you you well, if you're, you're not winning it. You've got to turn the centre halves. You have to. T- they have to be turning. Otherwise, it's just pointless. And it, it was terrible. How do you defend that, Scott? Obviously, you're you're an ardent Darren super fan, right? And everybody that, that's on Twitter um, will, will see that. And I'm just going to ask you what I know that our listeners will be asking. You know, how do you defend that? You can't, to be fair. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened yesterday. Like there was, there was so many individual mistakes, constant, like passes going awry. Like I, I don't know. He signed every single player in that team apart from Kevin Smith. And Pat. And Pat, right? So he's he's bringing these players in. It's his style of football. You know, how long can you defend that? Because the Alaba result, now, when you and I had a, a discussion about this last night, and I think you just pied me in the end and responded in the morning. You know, I whether, fell asleep. Yeah. He was re watching the game. Uh, whether you know we battered Alaba for the 90 minutes or not, we lost 3 1. And the teams around us have taken points off Alaba. We haven't. Right? The the game against Queen's Park, we won 1 0, but uh, sorry, we drew one all. But that could very easily have been a comprehensive Queen's Park victory had their strikers been on form. And by the way, another goal for Simon Murray yesterday after the discussion of the game. So how that, that really could have been no points from the opening three fixtures. The next two fixtures we've got, in my opinion, are like massive already, and we're three games into the season. Now, I've seen you say things on Twitter like, see where we are after nine fixtures. But can we wait that long? And yeah. Should we wait that long? Because, I mean, if, if team, uh, teams like Clyde and Peterhead are, are picking up victories, and we are not, it's not. It's, it could get to a stage where you know the the fans aren't going to be turning up in full voice. The, the players' confidence already looks shot. So I'm going to ask you the question again: How how long can you defend that? You've got to at least give it nine games, in my opinion. Then you see where you are when once you've like you're then playing against every team once. You've seen how you do against each one. Like Clyde have started; they probably had a much easier start than us. Like, I'd say ours is probably, if not the hardest start of having Queen's Park, who's going for it, Clyde, no, um, Cove, who's going for it, and Alawa, who's expected to be up there. Whereas, like, Clyde have played Dumbarton, who are a bit meh. They've played Alawa, who they've beaten, and I can't actually tell you who they've played. But they've beaten Alawa, Scott. I know, but... That's one game. Like we'll beat someone that's unexpected as well. I mean, like, yeah, that, by, that is by how the sounds of it. It was goals. David Goodwillie that won that game. That's, I, that's I, your difference I, maker. I, I absolutely agree with Scott, uh, which I'm very surprised at. Uh, <laughs> so do I, I, which I am as well. <laughs> I, I think you, you've got two problems. You can only piss with the cock you've got. We've got. That's a cock you've got. Yeah, but I think that's the... We're going to say cock again. I think that's the cock that he had to get. <laughs> I don't think. I think he's signing players because we can't get anyone else. I genuinely do. Yeah, he'd love a different I think cock. Absolutely. I think there's <laughs> there's boys that we're bringing in just to get bodies in that might be all right because we can't afford anyone else, and we're not we're not competing to sign anyone else. 
because I mean, a few weeks ago we just didn't have enough players. You know, we've signed a few. I don't know if Semple's going to be any good. I think Connell will be decent. Who knows what these two new boys? But I think he's just bringing in bodies because we need them, whether they're you know groundbreaking signings or not. So I think you've got to give them a few games certainly. Um, and then it goes back to the problem of well, who the hell do you bring in? Because you're still going to have the same players, and exactly. you're still going to have the same problems. So but you might have like a different playing it, style. Which I mean, you, I think, how many times do you see a guy take over a squad, and it's the same players, and immediately they're playing like Brazil, and it's like where was I, this under the old manager? I totally agree. I mean, of course that happens, but then that eventually subsides and goes oh, back yeah. again. Pe- people. People forget we're not English Premiership teams. It's not a case of we'll get a new manager in and in January he can bring in his own players. You know that's not it's not going to happen. That's not how it works at this level. So it's very, very, very difficult. And we've talked. You know, if you if you offered me a better manager than Dan Young right now to walk in, I would say right, let's sack him. I would because I don't think he's doing great anymore. And but there's but who do you bring in? Because it will be Kevin Smith, and then God knows how that will go. I mean, Stephen Vale's so clearly that. going to be the guy that, that takes over. It's going to be another kind of Gary Naismith, Willie Aitchison situation. I, I feel you have to give the nine games. You've got to play all all the teams in the division, see where the land lies. You're only a quarter, hopefully, that there isn't any COVID shutdowns because then we would be really fucked. But you, you play it all. You see where the land lies. You should still be realistically in a chance to save your season after that if, if it's not going well. And uh, you let the new guys get a chance to, to find their feet, maybe find some chemistry, because there's still a lot of that. You have to get some chemistry going with this team. But, as Doug says, you've still got the same players after that. A new coach is probably going to bring different style, might get the better out, may have better squad selection. But ultimately, it it's tough as to where we go from here, because East Fife's given him a two-year deal. They're going to have to pay him out. Unless Darren quits, which I don't think Darren's going to walk away. It makes giving him a two-year deal seem ridiculous, because it clearly then, if they get rid of him now, if they get rid of him after nine games, they're saying, well, we got this wrong. And I don't know that the board's going to stand up and admit that. Every, every person on this show will have to... Maybe apart from yourself, Michael, um, who said you were ambivalent towards it. I mean, Michael, um, sorry, Gordon, Doug, um, and I all said, you know, let's let's give him another shot. The two-year deal, I was a bit sceptical where they gave him maybe another year. Um, and I know that there's going to be screenshots banded about and me saying, right, let's push for the playoffs and stuff. Of course I'm going to do that because I'm, I am want what's best for the team and I, I want to push forward and stuff. But And everyone's optimistic at the start of a season. Look, I'm, I always try to be optimistic. I think we've got a lot of pessimistic fans, um, but I do try my, my best to, to be optimistic. And look, if I'm wrong about Darren Young, then so be it. You know, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I, I'm not sitting here with black and gold tinted specs on. I like to think I'd call us going forward. Um, I think that if the majority of teams that we're going to come up against are better than us, it just means that we need to win against the teams that are around us. If we lose to Clyde, we lose to Peterhead, we lose to Dumbarton, for me, Darren's got to go. Yeah. I mean, if we look at 
like just quickly let's go through the rest of the games yesterday so Montrose beat Peterhead 1-0 Clyde beat Alloa 2-1 Queen's Park 1-3-0 and 10-man Falkirk beat Airdrie 2-1 after getting a, a guy sent off when there were two goals up now the, the, the table just now if you want to look at glass half full we took a point off the league leaders in the first game of the season Queen's Park so Queen's Park Montrose Falkirk all on seven points so we've got Montrose next week on paper that looks a tough one. Montrose is a team that we have struggled against for the last few seasons. Even last year when we were good at home, Montrose took points off us. You've got Cove, Dumbarton and Clyde on four, Peterhead, Alloa on three, Airdrie and ourselves on one. So, I mean, from four down, one win and you're you're right back up there, which is what you would expect this early in the season. But you look at who's above us just now. Airdrie, they're going to get better. Aloha, they're certainly going to get get better. So I then like, you are down with Clyde. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But then you've got Clyde and Peterhead, 6th and 7th just now. So, it, it, I mean, I might even rule Dumbarton out of that. And I think it's just between Clyde, Peterhead and ourselves. Perm 2 from 3 from for those relegation spots. I had to disagree with that. Um, you know, still looking at a team... I don't know where the goals are going to come from regularly. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, because we could have two great strikers up top, but we've got to create chances for them. And and if you can't you know, keep the ball out of your net, then you're absolutely goosed. And not only that, but if we're resorting to hoof ball as well, then that's not going to work. I mean, I, I said before the season started, you know, Liam Watt and Denham for me are, are squad players. They're not starting players. And, and that apart from uh, Watt, who had a decent game against Queen's Park, he's been very poor the last two games. Danny Denham, apart from contributing the occasional um, toe poker or header, um, you know, just, just for me, I think so many times I, I just see him and he gets the ball and he just gets tackled. You know, it's not like he's got lightning pace to get past somebody. It's not like he's got lots of skill that he's going to beat players. I'm not sure what Danny Denham offers to our team um, because it's certainly not creativity um, and the team's devoid of any sort of creativity. Um, um, It's getting to the point where I I think one of our um, comments, we've got a whole load of social media stuff that we need to go through as well, Um, but one of the comments that we had yesterday um, on our social media channel was um, Darren needs to get on the phone to some Premier League clubs um, I'm sorry Premiership clubs um, on Monday we need a back four an anchor man in the field and a tall striker for starters I don't believe that the team that we've uh, the team is capable of registering a win at this level they were that poor today I mean there's I think, got to be guys I, 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 that I, I, are available but yeah I'm, I'm going to come in with a air of calm uh, like uh, as the light shines down of, on you. I know, I know, I know. Um, we've played three games. Everyone just chill out. So we've got problems. We know that there is no way that Darren Young has not been on the phone to every Premiership club trying to get the following players that they're talking about. That's his job. He will know looking at that team that we're in trouble. So of course he's going to be trying to find ways to to get around it. So that's not an issue. We we can't just find random players that people good players on loan have already gone to clubs if we've missed the boat on that that that's an issue but we're not we're going to struggle to get much well that's why now. we're getting guys from st ives to be honest 
Oh, no, I know, but that's fine. That's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, Wraith... I'm, I'm saying it's like that's we've had. To, so he's clearly yeah. looking far and wide, and you've also of got to remember he, he wants to move on, and the best way for him to move on is to have a successful East Fife side. Of course it is. I ju- I just think, I mean, your problem with like Clyde, for example, is like we've said all along. If David Goodwill is fit for the whole season, they don't get relegated. They don't yep. finish tenth because he's a very good Championship striker. So he's going to get you twenty plus goals every season, even in a poor team, and that's almost enough to keep you up. So that that that's the big problem you've got is that we just don't have that, and we've not had it for a while, and that's why losing Wallace. Not that he was going to give us 20 goals a season, but he was going to give us probably 15. And then if a few others can chip in with goals, that's fine. I, I just don't see where goals are coming from and we're struggling at the back. So it's a bit of a lethal combo at the moment. But it's three games in. E- even if we lost to Montrose next week, if you then beat Peterhead, you're probably sitting in sixth or seventh. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be that tight. It's so easy. It's so easy to watch a game like yesterday and just kind of panic because we were absolutely done. But that that that's natural, and that's what football fans do. And everyone will tweet saying, "Oh, this is a disaster," because it was. It was awful. Yeah. But we need to just take a wee step back, and there's no way, like you say, Dan Young wants to manage at a higher level, and fair play to him for that. So he cannot afford to suddenly get sacked from East Fife because yeah, where's he going to go walk then? away because he's going to look like a quitter. Exactly. So that he will be trying everything to get the right people in. And he'll have been trying everything all summer to get the right pe- people in. I said it on the last time I was on the pod, the problem for me is higher up because we've obviously not got any money whatsoever to spend. Yeah. And therefore, we're going to be in huge trouble. It doesn't matter what league you're in. If, you, if you're one of the lower budgets, generally nine times out of ten, you'll finish near the bottom. But apparently, we've got 20k in profit. But they, but they want to keep it because they know there could be another COVID shutdown. They know there could be like tough times ahead. So they're keeping it to keep the club afloat. Two, two clubs in Scotland to have business interruption insurance. Oh, really? Yeah. See that? The board need credit for that because it's like, it's like when, when Wimbledon had that insurance when the 2020 tournament got cancelled and they got hundreds of millions because they had that. It's like Great foresight. Yeah, so credit for that. But equally, if we are making profit, right, I don't personally see the point in putting that away. That's just my No, I, I I also agree. I was just playing devil's advocate. We shouldn't run it as a business. Yeah. We're, we shouldn't be running it as a business. We're a small community football club. Take some of that and stick it in a wee rainy day fund, uh, as my mum would say. Stick it in an ISA, you know, like, <laughs> that and, and, and safe. I get that. But anything else that we've got to sit in that coffers, coffers must be reinvesting into this team. Well, our business must. is football. Yeah. And if your business exactly. is football, it's to be successful. Exactly. It's not know. just to survive. The clubs that just want to survive are the ones that's finding themselves going out of the Scottish League just now. But that yeah. should have happened three months ago, or not three months, you know, in the yeah. summer. We're, we're too late. We're too late to suddenly sign... You're not going to sign a good player now because a good player won't be free to sign because he'll have been signed by someone else. You're just going to be picking up scrap that you hope are turning out to be decent players. That's all you're going to get. It's it's way too late to be doing business. I mean, we'll try, obviously. And sometimes clubs will sign a player that will allow another player to go. 
But it's very hard to pick any up. So that, and that time's, run, time's running out. Of course it is. All the transfer windows are closed and I mean, you might be lucky and suddenly pick up a free agent from Scandinavia when their season finishes in October or whatever. But a couple of tweets I just want to go through here. Then we'll get your three, two, ones and then any other social media stuff that Lee's got. So on Twitter, Lee had asked uh, for any questions for, for the show. So Scott, Kestrel Scott, long-time listener, says, does Danny Swanson have a future with us? Yeah, when he comes back, he'll be straight back in the team. He just has to stay healthy. And he wanted to know about the goalie chain, so we covered that. Andy English, though, and I'll throw this to all of you, how much, and we've touched on part of that, how much are we missing Davidson, Swanson and Murdoch? Will the return see us turn the corner? Or even with them back and with the new additions we've made, do we still need to make additions and where? I think we can see less goals but still lose. Because yep. you, those players that you bring in, Murdoch I'm a huge fan of. Um, Swanson, I mean, look, the, the guy's pedigree's obviously been shown. I don't think he's shown it at us. I don't think he's registered a goal or an assist off the top of my head. Um, so, you know, it, does he make that much of an impact? I'm not so sure. Um, and obviously Ross Davidson, you know, is... As a player that I've always been very meh about, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to be honest and say we're, we're clearly missing him. Um, but, I mean, do, do those players stop us getting thrashed by Cove yesterday? I don't think so. I think they still beat us. Um, just maybe not 5-2, maybe just 4-2 or 3-2. Or um, I, I think that we're... Yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll have to say that, Andy. Sorry, I... I I want to be more positive than that, but I, I just don't think I have it in me. Anyone I disagree? think they will make a difference. Especially Murdoch. Like, yeah, for I me, mean, he's he the one we're missing the most of those three, I think. Davidson too, family. though. Davidson running about in the midfield. Like, he, he does so much work in the middle. Like, I think that's maybe what we missed yesterday. None of the yeah. guys put in the same sort of shift as what he does in the middle. So there wasn't the, the chase and everything down. So the guys had time to think, pick the pass, give it to him, look for where Meganson was and give him it, or look for where Milne was on the wing. Like, Just look for Meganson being wide open somewhere on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I, think, right. I think what we missed on Saturday was 11 decent footballers. Um, <laughs> you know, Murdoch will make a massive difference. He was one of our players of the year last year. Of course, he had a huge difference. Um if it, but then there's the other wing that they'll just massacre because if it's yeah. Mercer or Slattery, they know to do that. Um, Danny Swanson would make a huge difference because he can at least create something and look, you know, and he'll bring on guys like your Newtons. I just don't see McManus Newton partnership doing anything. Uh, and Davidson is a massive, massive, massive miss to that football team. He'll do the donkey work that that none of the, neither of those two would do. Like, just get stuck in, get the ball and pass it on to somebody. Uh, uh, he's definitely underrated, or at least to what he gives to the team. Will we sign more players like we've just discussed? You know, possibly, but whether it will make a difference or not. They will make a difference, but will they make enough difference to mean we'll finish much higher? Probably not, but they might make the difference between 10th and 9th at the moment. Yeah, and like right now... I, I'd said at the start of the season I'd take 8th if you offered it to me. I think I'd take ninth right now and just give ourselves a shout in the in the playoffs. But I think 8th is definitely the best 
that we're hoping at. Just a fun thing just to throw in. When I was speaking to my new best friend, Ryan Gold, we were talking about the Dundee Eagle. United team. Uh, I, I'm trying to get Ryan Gold, Gold, to catch on. It hasn't worked so far. Neither has my hashtag Golden Balls that I was going for, but I'm still working on that. But we're talking about that Dundee United team that he came through. And I said, oh, we've got Danny Swanson at his fife now. And he's like, really? Is that where he is? I was like, yeah. I went, he's injured again. He's like, oh, not again. It's like, yeah. You'd have told him about Tony McMinn. I'm sure that Tony was part of the youth set up when Ryan was going through. I'll mention that next time I speak to him. After turning up to the the second day of his training in this very East Fife top, I thought, can I get any more Scottish? Wear a tartan top to turn up for training. Right, let's get your three two ones. Then we'll get your quick predictions on the next game. And then we'll have a little bit of a light-hearted end with anything funny that, that you saw. So I am actually... I I listened to what Lee said last week and I'm taking that on board. I shouldn't probably give the three two ones from just watching the highlights. And I'm mainly just agreeing with you because after watching those highlights, I've not got a fucking clue who I would pick for the three two one. So all you guys watch the game. So we'll start with Lee, your three two one. Gonna give three points to the pie that I got at the start of the game. <laughs> Be fair, it was it was it was a very good pie. Yeah, very good pie actually. State ten out of ten would recommend. Um That's because Lee ate them all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm actually going to give three points to Judd Smith um, purely for his little touch and turn. Um, he actually was fairly vocal, which was was good to see when he came on, showed a bit of confidence. I like that. I'm going to give two points to Gallagher because he made a few good saves in the first half and without that, that could have been worse. Um, I'm scraping the barrel because... I mean, well, he, you've he, given he, our goalkeepers the first lot of yeah. points and we gave up five goals. That's scraping the Honestly, barrel. And I'm going to give Kev Smith a point um, for coming on and scoring a goal. Wow. I, I, that's that's how bad it was yesterday. It really was that bad. I think that sums it up perfectly. Scott? Um, I, I agree with Lee. Three points to Jude Smith. Um, however, I'd give two to Kev and one to Dunsey. Because I felt Dunsey came on and looked good. I thought you'd have given Darren Young one, but that's a whole other story. Uh, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty similar actually I've gone three I'm just going to call him Jay Smith because Jude's um, I can't call an East Fife player Jude uh, three to J. Smith, um, who yeah as we touched on earlier you know basically Cruyff turned the guy with his first touch for East Fife which is stupid but impressive then and the second touch some... was picking the ball out the back of the net <laughs> exactly and made some good saves and distribution everything looked actually quite good um, I've given two points to Aaron Dunsmore because I remember him doing one thing that was quite good <laughs> and then Ke- Kevin Smith one point because he tapped the ball in from half a yard that, that's it the rest wow. of them were absolutely pish that is quite stunning but yeah from what I saw from the highlights I could not have picked any of them so there Let, we'll go in reverse order so it's Montrose next week. I, I, I'll i get mine in first. Um, I see a 2-0 Montrose win. I'll just keep it short. Doug? Oh, God. Um, yeah, I can't see us winning that. Montrose are good. Uh, I am going to go for... 
it seems to be a sort of 1-3 scoreline. 3-1 Montrose. Hmm. Scott? Two when he's fine, fell off, Darren. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, two, two all, probably. Because we've scored a goal in our last five games. So we've scored two on the last one, and then uh, the Elgin one for the other one. So uh, two goals for us, but then we've conceded like nothing else. So two goals for them. 2-2. Two, two. Lee? 3-1 Montrose. 3-1 Montrose. Oh. I was just about to say, give us some positivity. <laughs> it was like when we... I, I, normally would. I normally would, but I, I, I just... Um... Yeah, um, it, it's not it's not up to us to give positivity. It's up to the guys that go on that bloody pitch to give us positivity because they're not true. giving us much at the moment. That's very true. It's like when we were doing our predictions on the show here a while back. One of the guys, after us being all doom and gloom, said, "I'm going to be positive to all," and that was the positivity we were going to get a, a draw. Which, to be fair, we've had five off in our last six games now, unbeaten in six. So that's something to cheer on. And AFC Wimbledon are doing well to start the season, so I've got some things to, to cheer me up right now. But let, let's go and end this with the fun section that Lee started. I'm really enjoying listening to, to this section, and it's making me dig out funny things that I've kind of found during the week and stuff. Let's all laugh at. So Lee's got a big smile on his face, so I'm sure he's got lots of fun things. What has amused you this week that you want to put to the vote I'm going to vote for myself for Let's All Laugh At <laughs> um, Because from centre yesterday, we didn't hoof the ball at the park. We didn't lose possession by kicking it out of the park. Instead, we conceded a penalty and lost a goal. So, um, yes, I'm going to give everybody the opportunity to laugh at me because after weeks and weeks and weeks of me harping on about us not putting out possession, we tried to take the ball, play it out the back, lose possession, give away a penalty and concede within a minute of the start of the half. Gillis must go. Scott, anything amused you this, this past week? Um, Probably Rangers getting bumped out of Champions League. That was fun. It sounded like a certainty that they were going to go through and get into it. And I'd only the seen the score. And then when I watched the highlights, I was like, oh, I didn't know that Malmo had a guy sent off as well. That was even funnier. Well, I was at the St. Johnson game at the time, and I looked at the phone just at the end of half time for us. So they were going to half time, and it was 1 0. That guy had just been sent off, and I thought, that's it done. And then when I put the car on on the way home, they said that they'd scored two goals in two minutes again, or whatever they did in the first game as well. And I was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> Fucked it twice. Yeah. No, not good for our coefficient, but who cares? Doug, what's Doesn't amused you this week? Fight. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I kind of do get bothered when Rangers Celtic get put out of Europe. I, I, uh, I'm kind of the opposite. That I, I don't know, it's, it's so important for Scottish football not to be viewed as absolute pish that a couple of them do all right. So I found that quite depressing. Uh, my funny moment was also from East Fife yesterday. And I wrote it down. Fifty-three minutes. Throw in comedy. Oh. The, we, we had we we had a guy run up to take a long throw, and then just as it happened, um, I think it was Denham peeled off, so he threw it short, and Denham went to pass it back to him and just basically hoofed it way over his head at the stand. It was, and I burst out laughing watching the TV because I was like, "How pish was that?" It was so funny because even the commentator went, 
Looks like East Fife are going to take a long throw here. Nope, they've gone short, and well, that's a throw to Cove. And it was just <laughs> like, what are we doing there? Oh, it was brilliant. It was good. Because you forget on Cove TV, it's Scott Davy that does the commentary, so it's really good. Yeah, I when I watched the highlights, I was like, oh, this is really good. That's good yeah, production. Good. Also, I've got to say, Cove's, I don't know how you guys found it, and I know, Lee, you were there before, but Cove's ground, it's a nice little ground. It does Beautiful. seem in the middle of an industrial park there. A beautiful, beautiful ground that is next to the post office depot. Oh. Um, it was a bit random. No uh, bar around the the game um, around the ground. So oh. I, I drove Dad up yesterday, and I was like, "I'll oh, we'll leave early so he can get a pint." Arrived to the ground and no bar open because that's where the East Five players were getting dread, uh, changed. Ah. I think that they would just like you know the money Cove have got. I'm sure they could have got a porter cabin for the yeah. East Fife change then get the bar open to make the money but what do I know um, I mean they're only 120,000 in debt I mean if exactly I would be getting the pints on in there prop, uh, pronto um, yeah beautiful ground and look if, if money was no object at, at East Fife then that's exactly the, the sort of ground I would like us to have for sure yeah bar their main stand is it pokey it looks quite pokey it was I, I was really surprised at how small it was like that was that was the one thing about like I would have the ground to see the rest of it. But is that, that the is that is that the wee thing you saw from the camera angle just to the right? Like the, it looks like it holds about thirteen people. I think it's like a little almost like a little press. tiny stand. That could be the press bit. All oh, right, okay. It just looks like a wee stand. I mean, oh, that looks ridiculous. They do have a wee so, stand. Who, uh, what's winning are uh, well I've got my comedy I've got my comedy thing to oh sorry to Michael here. we normally switch off when you I know do. sorry yeah. well obviously Rangers uh, amuse me but like Doug I was thinking about the coefficient and how embarrassing it is I also want to say well done to St Johnston watch that game watch both legs through my VPN on iPlayer thanks BBC Scotland for picking that up great performance great crowd it, it was nice to see and Jason Kerr and everything like that I the uh, the two things that amused me particularly the meltdown on Twitter from Arsenal fans after one defeat to start the season, the world has fallen in for those guys. Jesus Christ! It's you've lost one game, and Brentford were going to always be up for it. It's their first game, and they're at home, and it's like everything like that. But man, oh man, yeah, they were terrible. But geez, I thought our supporters could be piling on after one game, but. I, this is something I saw this morning. Tam Courts, former Pfeiffer, Dundee United manager. Check this out. Just t on Twitter, do Tam Courts, Dundee United, and you're bound to see the clip. Someone's put up a 10-second clip of him speaking after their cup game yesterday. And in that 10 seconds, he manages to cram in five cliches. It's incredible. He's like... Um, uh, I challenged the team to find solutions. It was a ding-dong cup tie in a carnival atmosphere. There was thrills and spills, highs and lows. Tremendous. <laughs> to cram all that in in 10 seconds. <laughs> that takes some doing. I just listened to that as you were saying it. That's absolutely excellent. It's like thrills a bingo card. Highs and lows. House. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. Um, Tam's actually the partner of a friend of mine. Um, so I, I was quite happy to see him get the, the win against uh, Rangers last week as well. Oh, of course. fantastic! Um, but yeah, that was that was that was a 
pretty good. I like that. To finish it off by saying, and, and we we're struggling and, and struggling. So, who, what, what's your what's your overall winner this week, Scott? You can pick your own. Um, Duke's one because I'd forgotten about it at the game. I remember laughing at the time. That does well, sound funny. Off as well, but I was laughing at the game. Like summed it up for the day. Duke, you're going to pick yourself. Well, I mean, you've got to back yourself in life. Uh, I, I'll probably think it's yours, Michael, but obviously I've not heard it, so uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go for mine just because it. I mean, I literally laughed out loud, not to use the term "lol," but I just did, um, just at how awful it was. And it summed up the game beautifully. Well, I'm gonna pick yours as well because I'm not an egotist. Well, I am, but I'm trying to pretend I'm not. Uh, Lee? I'm picking yours because I just listened to it and it was hilarious. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Thanks, Money, for picking me, by the way. Well, we'll, Renee, uh, we'll, we'll change it on Twitter once we've all listened to yours, Mike. Yeah, I'll, I'll retweet that. I'll award you the win. So okay. that is pretty much it for tonight's show. So we finished on a high there, but I want to take us back down with a low because I'm going to put in a wavelength for, for this week. But you're going to like this one. It's from 2014 and it's from an Irish band. They've got an album called Random Football Musings set to music. And this is one of the tracks on it. And I think it kind of, it really sums up the mood of the East Five fan base at the moment. And you can find it on Bandcamp and you can see all their lyrics. This is Another Fucking Weekend Ruined. Keep telling myself it's not over yet. Three points today and other results could go away there's no doubt i'm an optimist cause in six days and a bit seems i've forgotten we're fucking shit another fucking weekend ruined i hate this team we're forever doomed Another fucking weekend ruined And I'm in a filthy rotten mood Another weekend ruined It's the hope that really kills, you know It's all so easy to predict But I throw out all logic Three o'clock again on Saturday Dreaming of a rare when I admit But no, we're still fucking shit Another fucking weekend ruined I hate this team, we're forever doomed Another fucking weekend ruined And I'm in a filthy riding But I'm underwhelmed They care nothing as the club that swells Just wanna see a little pride in the shirt It should mean something, it should hurt Another fucking weekend ruined I hate this team Another fucking weekend 
My brother Woody there, another fucking weekend ruined from random football musings set to music. I've played a few of their songs on my show over here. I haven't been able to play that one because, as I said, we're on a six-game winning streak. But, it, I mean, the lyrics are superb. Another fucking weekend ruined. I hate this team. We're forever doomed. Another fucking weekend ruined. And I'm in a filthy, rotten mood. Michael, do you ever, like, look at an uh, album and go... I mean, that album name alone doesn't make me want to listen to this. I mean, surely they could have come up with a catchier album title than that. I mean, that's, well, yeah, but Jesus. I was on the hunt for football songs because having played five years of football songs on a weekly basis on my show, I am starting to run out. There's only a, a certain number of what I class as good football songs. You may disagree, but I, I quite liked that title, though. It was random football musings set to music. Tells sure. it, it's what it says in the can. Yeah. Anyway, check that out in Bandcamp. It's a it's a fun album. Not as good as uh, Hail to Creole. I still think that that's been your best one so far. Yeah, I, I particularly like that. I need to make them my artists of the month over here. I've been discovering okay. Italian goth music at the moment, so I'll maybe bring <laughs> you some that, of that. And that's and that's all for the show tonight, guys. <laughs> they sing in English, though. They're called They Who Die. Can... They're oh, very Jesus good. Christ. They're not. I, I actually, on behalf of all the listeners, before you listen to them, I'm going to tell you they're not good. What about my German goth punk stop metal it. band, Nachtmar? Just, just stop. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole last night. Okay. YouTube algorithms and recommendations are magnificent. I lose hours at night doing that. Anyway. That's let... an awful thing to say about Caitlin's hole. <laughs> Well, let's quickly move on, round the show up. Let's tell everyone where they can find you online. Any final thoughts, anything you've learned from from this episode? Let's start with Scott. You can find me online, but nobody will, so I won't even bother. I'll just get abuse and that'll be that. But yeah, sir Scott Young, if you really want to. You do, you do. Scott's good on Twitter. Doug? Uh, You'll struggle to find me anywhere, which is great. I... um... I've picked. I think so far I've picked the best season to be traveling the world, working. So I think I'll you in, have. I'll be in Sweden and France for a few weeks. So uh, um, yeah, you can find me in a, a little town near Stockholm. Um, oh. Where yeah, sure. Excellent. I I would. I'd love to find you in Stockholm. I've always wanted to go to Scandinavia. Have never been. Probably should have done that when I was living in Scotland. It's slightly closer. But, Lee, any final thoughts? Where can they find you online? If you want to follow me on Twitter, at LeeG1903, of course, on all the, the glory days of old social media channels. To be honest, the only one that gets updated pretty regularly is the Twitter page. Please interact with us, email us, um, DM us on social media. If you want to be involved, we're always open to having new panellists on the show, like we've said before. Um, so if you, you quite fancy yourself as the, the next Doug Perry or Scott Young, please feel free to get in touch. We'll be more than happy to oust one of those two assholes. But apart from that, look, you know, I, I have seen pretty doom and gloom on this, on this show. Um, I apologise that I've not got my, my usual sunny disposition on, on the season going by. Um, but you know, next week's a new week. Hopefully, we can get a couple of wins. Um, I think we need four points at the next two games to, to start making sure that we don't get a, a big gap. Um, and hopefully, by this time next week, we'll maybe added a, a couple of more to the squad, or we can live in hope. Yep, that's all you've got. I, I always love how at the start of a football season, everyone is so excited. Like watching some of the Premier 
championship fans in England so excited for the season to start and then melting down after their team's performance. It's always kind of fun to see. I'm Michael McCoy. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. You can read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.co.uk for the East Fife stuff, AFTN.ca for the North American and MLS stuff. Also, there'll be, check out the podcast that I do over there, AFTN Soccer Show. Had a couple of chats with Ryan Gold so far, so if you want to follow his career, you can do that as well. That is it. Now, for this week's show, I I might be back next week. I'm not sure. Lee definitely will, and we'll see who joins him. But until then, thanks for listening. Take care, stay safe, and more than Fife. <laughs> Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. <laughs>